You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Matt. I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today, I'm joined by four senior leaders across both the Melbourne and Sydney engineering industry for today's conversation, where we'll be focusing on the benefits of having junior engineers on your team. To get things started, I'll first I'll first get our panelists to introduce themselves. So let's start with you, Elliot. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, sure, Matt. Good morning. Uh, my name is Elliot Carrera. Uh, I'm an engineering manager at Qantas in charge of their retail platform. Uh, been in the industry for about 14 years. Uh, and I guess one, one thing I'm really passionate about is uh, the space of the overlap in business development and technology. Um, out of a background of, of development myself, really uh, find out pretty quickly that that was the part that I could be very effective uh, and became uh, a strong link, I guess, between those areas in business development and technology. So, yeah, glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks, that, Elliot. Matthew, I will pass it to you next. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Matthew. I'm the engineering manager here at Sandesk. Uh, my team focuses on the embeddable web widget. Um, I've been in the industry for over 15 years, and my passion is basically work with good engineers you know, and helping the team to grow and continue to build great apps for the users. Awesome. Thanks, Matthew. And Andrew, I'll pass on to you next. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm Andrew. I'm uh, currently the Group Engineering Manager at Linktree, um, overseeing the growth and core product teams. Um, been in the industry for about 17 years, mostly working in software dev. Uh, I'm also the founder of Debugging Leadership, which is an online forum, frameworks and worksheets, and training courses for technology leadership. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I, getting juniors into my teams is something that I've, I try and do everywhere I possibly can. Uh, it's really, really important. So yeah, thanks for having me on that. Great stuff. Thanks, Andrew. And lastly, Daniel. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for having me. Um, I love what you guys are doing in the technology industry here in Australia with this podcast. So it's great to be part of it. Um, I'm an engineering manager at Qantas, working on the mobile apps team. I've been working in digital for around 23 years. And my background is software engineering. Um, I've worked agency side my whole career, except until five years ago when I joined Qantas. I'm passionate about customer experience, technology and leadership. And I try to intersect these passions to create a world-class engineering team and deliver the best customer experience. And outside of work, my passion is rock climbing and avid boulderer. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Daniel. And look, before we jump into the questions, I want to preface as well that uh, we had Matthew jump in literally half an hour ago. Last minute, we unfortunately had someone pull out due to sickness, which I know a flu is going around everywhere. So if, if things, uh, he's jumped in last minute with no prep, so appreciate that. Um, but look, we'll get straight into it. First question is from Elliot, which is, what characteristics would you look for in a junior to invest in them? And also, what makes a junior a success story? So yeah, Elliot, I'll get you to start off with that one. Yeah, sure. And look, obviously, I think this is a never evolving answer depending on, on you know, the experience that uh, you get with different junior developers and different team makeups. Uh, obviously, starting with the obvious, uh, some technical competencies is necessary. So obviously, you need somebody that at least knows what you're talking about, as it will be the basics of any other development. But going into the 
I guess, what makes a, a junior worthwhile investment. I would say that, you know, there is the saying that drive or energy makes up for lack of experience. So I will say drive is a, is a big part. And, and what I mean by that is a combination between curiosity, uh, passion, eagerness to learn. Uh, so somebody that brings that to the team and, and in any way re-energizes that, um, that drive to, to pick up new stuff, to ask questions again. You know, I, I think a lot of the most experienced developers sometimes, they just have done the same thing that works uh, over and over, so they're just comfortable. So pushing the boundaries of that sometimes comes with, you know, somebody that hasn't tried it before and go, well, what about we try this way? So for me, having uh, identifying somebody that has that drive and that energy uh, is very important. That will make, obviously, for, for, as I said, for the lack of experience. Um, I think another element that brings a, 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 a strong junior uh, is the soft skills, surprisingly, you know, in, in the tech industry, obviously, um, we focus a lot on, on the problem solving skills, uh, you know, the technical and logical thinking, but sometimes uh, the lack of experience, again, uh, you kind of make up for that in, in communication, you know, just being able to communicate your ideas well, being able to ask the, ask the right questions at the right time and being able to approach people at the right moment, uh, read their own rhythm of work. So sometimes that actually makes uh, a junior developer self-sustainable and, and, and they drive even their own learning through that and their own interactions with other developers. Uh, somebody obviously in that same vein that uh, is a great team player, so can read a team very well that knows and, and can create a space within the team for themselves, um, you know, that know how to interact with the, with the rest of the team. Uh, so soft skills, again, somebody that for a lot of people that comes natural, you know, so, so trying to pick that up straight out of the bat would be great. And ultimately, and this is the tricky bit, and I think it, it requires a bit of honing of, of that, of how to identify that is a balance between boldness and humbleness, right? So somebody that is not afraid to speak up, but also somebody that is not offended when somebody corrects them or try to drive them. So having that mix, I think is, is very important and rare sometimes, you know, um, I, yeah. Sometimes they can be way too quiet or way too shy or way too humble in that sense. And sometimes you need them to really step up and ask the hard questions that we all need to hear from time to time within a team. Um, so those, those I think, are some of the uh, top of mind skills that I'll be looking for. Awesome. Amazing answer. I liked it. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pass it on to you next, Andrew. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I, I love all of that, Elliot. That's, that, that's great. Um, you know, really what you're talking about there is when you're hiring a junior, you're not hiring them for who they are today. You're hiring them for who they will be in 12 months. And that that difference is made up of all of those skills you're talking about, which are not their current technical skills. All of that stuff about learning and being proactive and working with people, that's who they can build and who they can become in 12 months, not who they are today. So that's that's brilliant. I love that. Um, the, the only other thing I want to add in uh, is, you know, everything you're talking about around people skills and, and, and working in a team, this is something which, you know, often getting a, a mature junior in the sense of, you know, maybe somebody who's had a career as an accountant and wants to become a software dev or, you know, I've had um, 
manual QAs who want to become a dev and, you know, have transferred across. And I really, really love that working environment and that working relationship because, you know, if you if you take a 22-year-old that's just graduated university, yes, they might have more technical skills than somebody who's gone through a boot camp, but they're 22 years old. You need to teach them how to be an employee. You need to teach them how to run a project. You need to teach them how to be in a team. You need to teach them all of these things that a 35-year-old accountant has learned for the past 10 years of her career. And so, you know, I, I actually, you know, really, really value the people who come from, uh, you know, industries outside of technology and have that experience because they often have a lot of those things you're talking about. Um, and, you know, really we're talking about here the, the investment which we're going to go on to, you, you know, in a further question and people that come from other industries, they have less of an investment you've got to put, put into them. You just have to teach them technical skills. Awesome. Thanks, Dan, Andrew. Uh, Matthew, I'll, I'll pass it on to you next. Uh, that's a very uh, good answers from, from both of you. Um, I think um, you've shared, pretty much shared everything that I want to share, but I think I want to start touch on two points here. Um, I think uh, if I were to look for a junior um, engineers, I will be looking for two things. The first one is uh, if it's coachable. Um, I think no matter where they come from, no matter what is their background, as long as they are coachable and then are willing to learn, they're willing to put in the effort to, to make progress in their career. And the second thing is they have a determination to achieve their goal. I've seen a lot of junior engineers who came to the industry, you know, feeling lost. They are not sure what to do. They just follow, they just try to copy someone else that they want to be. They have no clear directions. So it's important for them to know where they want to go, what is their goal. Um, as long as they have a goal and they are coachable, I'm sure they can go very far down this path. Awesome. Thanks for that, Matthew. And Daniel? Yeah, a lot has covered, been covered already. Yeah, ability to learn, I guess that's one one is very important as well. And um, yeah, like hire for attitude and, and train for skill, right? That's what we're trying to do. And um, another one would be attention to detail as well, like something that that's actually hard to train. And so it's kind of like picking that up at the beginning as well in the hiring process as well. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, I think it was well, uh, Elliot, you well covered a lot at the start. So that's not a bad thing. That was good. Um, <laughs> if the, yeah, I think we'll leave that there because we, we covered we covered a bit of everything. But moving on to the, the second question, which was originally, Scott, who could make it, but Matthew, you're jumping in for this one, which is how do you ensure a junior gets enough exposure to different areas to both grow and know where they want to grow? So if you're comfortable, Matthew, or... If you want to start yeah. off, we can start with you. <laughs> Matt, you literally put me on the spot, um, but I think I will just go with it um, and share what is on my mind. Um, I think for us to ensure a junior to get enough exposure in different areas, basically, like I said before, we want to know what is the goal that he'll, the, the junior wants to achieve. You know, by knowing the goal, we will be able to find out, identify the areas of improvement for the engineers to focus on. So usually what I would do is I want to find out the goals from the engineers the junior and then sort of list out the steps you know, on how, what are actions the, the engineers of junior needs to take to get there. Um, it could be starting by something very simple like, you know, with learning some cost, courses or even work with uh, another senior engineers just to see how they work, you know, just understand the, the thought process. 
um, it could be as simple as that. Awesome. Thanks, that, Matthew. I'll mix it up. Daniel, I'll uh, pass it on to you next. Yeah, um, I also think um, there needs to be a, a, a balance uh, between, you know, as soon as the junior starts, allowing them to be comfortable working on like the, the smaller tasks and the, the mundane tasks, um, and then slowly, gradually expose them to more areas of the business and, and see, you know, allow them to own their growth as well, not just, you know, push them, but allow them to, yeah, to take the reins of their own um, growth. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Andrew, what are your thoughts? A lot of what we're talking about here is, you know, one-to-ones, development plans, all that kind of stuff, which are, are, are brilliant and, and and definitely, you know, need to be done. One thing I was thinking about when you asked this question was the idea of secondments to other teams and, and how that's kind of a, a double-edged sword in a way. And, and you know, it, it can be done effectively, but it can also cause a lot of challenge. Like the power of putting somebody in another team kind of means that they can learn a whole new way of doing things. They can explore different things. You know, often, you know, if you if you asked a, a junior, do you want to be a front-end dev, a back-end dev, a platform dev, an SRE, they'll just look at you with a blank face because they have no idea, you know, what they want to do. And so seconding them to different teams gives them that exposure. The downside with doing that is it's also quite an intense experience for them because, you know, they've they've got to learn different teams and different people, different ways of working, different technologies and tool sets, different problems and the solutions to those problems. So I, I do think secondments can be a great way to encourage juniors to grow and to allow them to experience ways of being a, a developer that, you know, they might not even have thought of, but you have to be careful to do it in a measured way so that you don't overload their development so you know maybe don't change all the things at once maybe change something slowly and have you know regular communications awesome thanks for that john peter elliott uh i actually love what, what you just said andrew and i think that is definitely an area that is not explored and if it's okay i actually have a, a question for that that i would like to to explore a bit um and that has to do with you know how do we um, measure that against the, the ROI of bringing a junior because obviously when I bring a junior, I have a plan for delivery of my own team, of my own area. So how do I balance, you know, obviously trying to expose them to as much as possible, as you said, in a very extreme, I guess, or, or, or intense experience and actually achieving what I, as a manager or as a team lead, have in mind for that junior itself? Yes, it's, it's a good question. Um, if you're taking on a junior and you're expecting to get a return on that investment within six months, then I think you're you're probably thinking too short term in terms of, of the return on that investment. Uh, you know, I would be pegging the return on a junior to at least six to 12 months, if not further. Um, and so, you know, the way that I'd be thinking about it is this is a short term high investment that will net a medium term return. Um, and, and so, you know, by having the engineer go around and, and having her experience, you know, multiple different ways, you're going to find the place that that fits them the best. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a junior who joined and her first initial project she was working on was very, very back end focused. And she was just like not getting it, not not really enjoying it, not really finding, you know, her her passion in in this. And then we said, okay, why don't we try putting you on a fun time project for a few weeks? And she went on there and within a week, she was like, 
Andrew, I, I love this. This is, you know, this this is my kindred. This is where I want to be. And so, you know, you can actually, if 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 you're if you're going, I want to make sure I get value out of them in the short term. I think that's that's the mistake. Um, and you need to be you need to be looking at a longer term time horizon with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I think for me personally, it's always the fear of they could be a great junior and they just didn't like my team, so they end up going to another team, and I miss out. Right? <laughs> I guess that's the risk. Uh, but- yeah. Yeah, but 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 I think you know if you think about it from a holistic kind of organizational wide point of view, you know, often we have conversations in companies around this person isn't happy and it doesn't have to be a junior it can be anybody you know this person isn't happy in the team they want to you know move somewhere else if if we try and keep them in our teams then the company is going to lose them you know the team is going to lose them either way the company can keep them if you you move them between the teams and who knows that might circle back in the future and and have benefits yeah you might they might yeah you might turn the spark off um, if you just keep them wherever they're not comfortable. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, Matt, do you still want me to go ahead and do my answer? Yeah, if you want to keep going, it's, yeah, that's all right. Great. Uh, look, yeah, I, I was thinking exactly on the same pattern. For me, um, I think it's, it's exactly about mentorship. I think one of the biggest challenges for juniors is, um, yeah, they don't even know what they want and they need to discover that and we need to provide a path for them to discover that. So I think uh, a few points that we mentioned is the relationship with the senior developers is critical, uh, not necessarily to only teach them, but to share their own passions, right? So connecting them with people that are already passionate about something like this, uh, passion is infectious. So people that can speak passionately about what they do and how they do it every every day might actually lead um, the juniors to discover what they might be passionate about and, and, you know, where they can perform great and enjoy it, as Andrew was saying. Uh, and I think the other the other point that was really good is show them that there is a path, um, you know, kind of guide them and, and hand holding to go. There is actually a path to grow and there is a path to development because uh, I think sometimes a lot of um, engineers are just left to figure out on their own. Uh, you know, tech and uh, IT world is played with information, overwhelming information sometimes. This language is the better, this framework is the best. Et cetera, et cetera, figure out on your own and figure out what's the best thing to do and where to grow is sometimes a daunting task. So I think showing them that there is a path, um, a consistent path that you can kind of bring them through, um, I think that can help them as well, kind of find that passion. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for that, Elliot. Look, I think we'll leave it there uh, and we'll jump on to the next one, which is from Andrew. Question being, how do you mitigate the additional investment needed to get a junior up to speed? So I'll get you to kick us off, Andrew. Uh, I, I really loved what Elliot said earlier, uh, you know, around making, get getting a junior on board quickly. Um, and it made me think about my question and reflect on my question here. I, I was also thinking about um, you know, Daniel, how you mentioned that you worked in consultancy for a long time. I, I also worked in consultancy for a long time. And one of the, the downsides of consultancies is the clients are always asking for seniors and leads. And, you know, they they, they never want to take on the juniors. And I, I was getting, you know, quite frustrated with this. And so I started, I started putting down um, on a spreadsheet, because I'm a very spreadsheet-driven person, the cost of not hiring a junior which is, you know, if you're in a situation, I had many circumstances where a client would say to me, 
uh, I've been I've been waiting 12 months to hire the perfect engineer. I just can't find them anywhere, you know. I, but I can't hire a junior because if I, if I hire a junior, it'll take them too long to get up to speed. And and I just I just felt like grabbing them and shaking them and saying to them, "You just said to me you waited 12 months and you've still not found anybody, but you don't want to get a junior up to speed." <laughs> it's like no, you're, you're you're not valuing the amount of time that you're waiting to find this perfect person. And so, you know, if you'd have actually have hired a junior 12 months before, you would have had 12 months of getting them up to speed. And, you know, this this idea that we think um, as engineers that that we want the perfect person, the perfect fit, the perfect jigsaw piece that goes into our team and gives us value straight away. And we're happy to wait for that. I think, you know, this is a huge part of how you mitigate the investment, because, you know, we're not thinking about the choices we don't make. And not hiring a junior is a choice. Not hiring somebody is a choice. And so, you know, by taking somebody on board and investing in them over a time period, you're taking advantage of all the opportunities that you have in that time to develop them as a person, to, to you know, produce output and gain outcomes that you couldn't otherwise have had because you had somebody on your team. And they might not have been the perfect person, but they're also cheaper. They're also, um, you know, a lot more willing to learn. And, and, you know, we've talked about how, you know, juniors, you can basically give them any, any piece of work because they're just so excited to have it. Um, you know, and, and the other aspect of that is often seniors like mentoring juniors. It gives them, it gives them energy. It makes them feel valued. And so there's all of these non-tangible, non-direct monetary um, returns on investment that we forget about by not hiring a junior. Um, and so, you know, I do, I do think there's, there's definitely an argument to be made that even if the financial return on investment is zero over a certain time period, you know, it's net zero, there's still uh, an engagement, a retention and an enthusiast, um, you know, an enthusiasm return on that, that outweighs, you know, any, any kind of financial investment. And plus, you've got somebody on your team, which is going to love you and it builds loyalty with them. Yeah, agreed. Thanks, Andrew. Daniel, I'll uh, pass on to you next. Yeah, so I tackled this question more around like some things that we can do to try to improve the like the speed, like how to you know, mitigate. Like, for example, like first understanding the baseline skills. Um, I can pair them up, you know, with a like a, a buddy system, and then make sure the senior dev can do pair programming with them and guide them. Um, also, having like onboarding. Um, processes in place like uh, a lot of times you get a junior and there's like they're running around not knowing what to do so having those onboarding processes and documentation is, is key and yeah having a good code review uh, practice and, and, and making sure they understand that process early on so it's not um, you know they're familiar it's something that's going to happen throughout the whole career um, it's common practices that not take a not take code reviews personally um, yeah, and also like it's sometimes more valuable to actually tell them that they're doing something right and not wrong. Um, actually, is, is is better in that sense as well. So yeah, a lot of little things to try to get them up to speed fast, I guess. And, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, I agree agree with all that. And Matthew, I'll uh, get you to jump in next. Um, I think everyone here has pretty much shared that personal and you know, I, from my perspective. I think I'm quite aligned with what uh, Andrew share. You know, it's very important to get uh, a junior to the team, especially if, if you are looking to grow the team. 
in a team size where you have you know junior mid level and senior it create a better culture you know um, for the team you know the senior would like to mentor the junior and the mid level would like to see that's a career path for them to be a senior in in short you know it just create a better culture better environment for the team knowing that there's a career progression for for them um i think in terms of uh, investment um it depends on how much you want to invest into a junior um from what my perspective is, you don't have to worry about the return of investment at this stage. You know, it could take 12 or even 18 months to get the return of investment. The main thing for us is to see how this junior can grow into a senior uh, engineer in your team. We are so worried that one day when they've learned all the skills they need, they will move on to a different companies. But why don't you we put it in a mindset that you know they will hang around with us for many, many years to come? So when it comes to return on investment, why not just put it aside and focus on how we can best assist this junior to grow, learn, enjoy working with us. And eventually he will stay with us for many, many years and grow into a senior position. You know, I think uh, from a manager perspective, you know, it's very rewarding to see a junior make a career progression you know, from junior to me to, to senior. Awesome. Thanks, Matthew. Elliot, I'll lastly jump in. Yeah, awesome. And, and I love that last comment from Matthew because that was exactly something I had in my mind uh, about return on investment, I guess. Again, in my own experience, there's always been that tension between how much I want to invest in growing somebody and developing versus, you know, 18 months, they're going to get uh, the dream contract from somewhere else and they're just going to grab all those skills and walk out the door and you go, oh, great. And there goes my last 18 months of investment, right? Uh, but I think that is, a, that is a good challenge to think about. Well, uh, it's not about that. It's about really trying to develop process and develop people. And if they're successful uh, wherever they are, then, you know, you can call it a success. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's a good way to think about it. Um, and again, it's a long-term thing, right? You know, we're not going to get that value straight out of the bat. I think there are areas, though, that I think we could explore that have to do a little bit outside of the scope of just the single person or the single developer. Um, and one of them was how the impact that they have on the team as well. And I know I might be stepping into a further conversation that we're going to have. But how do they challenge the, the mix of the team and even the, the skills of other developers that they need to interact, right? So... Uh, the, the brightness of the, the new ideas that they have, maybe even the uh, how naive they might be about certain questions will challenge the thinking of other devs. So realizing that that already pushes the boundaries of, of the other devs, um, you know, having to coach somebody, having to mentor somebody as well, develop certain skills on the other team members. So I think some of that value, which is, you know, it's hard to measure it in a way, but um, I think some, some of the value that you can reap right out of the bat of having a junior developer and, and how that changes the mix in your team. And the other part is simply that innovation and, and um, I guess, forward thinking or curiosity thinking to go, how about we try this new thing? How about, you know, and just entertaining those ideas that, you know, face value, you might think, oh, no senior developer will think about that. But some of those ideas might be worth thinking. And some of those just come from people that, you know, they just want to try a new thing. So I think that those are some of sort of the, low-hanging fruit that we could we could get out of having junior developers in our teams. Awesome, thanks. Does anyone have anything else they want to add to that? I know we've covered it probably a, a fair bit, but awesome. We'll, we'll move on then to 
So we'll move next to Daniel's question, which is, how can we teach the senior devs soft skills for managing juniors if they've never had the exposure before? So I'll get you to start yeah. with that one, Daniel. So, yeah, the reason I was asking this question was that, like, sometimes, as Andrew was saying before as well, like, not all developers, most of the developers will feel engaged and they want to be able to, to mentor a junior. Some will just want to focus on code. And actually, that's the only thing they've been doing is just coding, coding, coding. Now, for those who do want to, you know, uh, mentor a junior, they don't have the skills. Like they've always been coding their whole life, um, and all of a sudden you you, you put in a a, a develop, another developer in the mix, and they need to train them, mentor them, you know, make sure they're they're doing a great job. So, what are the things that we can do to build those? like skills that are not developer skills, like inter you know, communication, interpersonal skills, soft, you know, leadership skills as well. Um, and yeah, I'm just curious as what, what others were doing in, in, in this area. Awesome, thanks for that. Uh, Elliot, I'll, I'll pass to you next. Um, look, I, I think I'll start with, with the premise that I would hope will encourage everybody, and that is that every developer was a junior developer at some point. Uh, and thinking back on their own journey of growth, I think everybody would have appreciated a helping hand, would have appreciated a bit of a, uh, even a shortcut in some cases to go, all right, you know, uh, spare me the, the pain of going through or trying this and, and help me figure out what the right right path is. Uh, so I think uh, that will be the first the first thought that I will put to, to any senior member of my team to go, look, what well, is it, not even, a technical skill is more of a, a personal skill, um, you know, in terms of trying to spare somebody and and, and just share a bit of experience. Um, I think the other part will be to to really highlight the value of developing those skills for them as senior developers in terms of their own growth, in terms of their own uh, path. You know, uh, if if a senior dev is looking at eventually becoming an engineering leader or an engineering manager, having the skills of bringing people through, of sharing experience, of helping people is critical. So it will also unlock their own growth and some people need to need to realize that. And as Dan said, you know, some people are just happy putting their head down and, and getting to code and not necessarily talking to somebody um, all the time or having somebody uh, over their shoulders. But um, yeah, just realizing what they might be missing out in developing those skills will be will be important, I think. Awesome. Thanks for that answer, Elliot. Matthew, I'll jump into you next. Um, I think I just want to share a story here. Um, uh, we had a junior engineer who joined on board uh, a few months ago, and I actually approached a senior um, dev to see if you know he's willing to uh, sort of mentor this junior. Um, the feedback I got from him is, you know, he doesn't have the soft skills. He doesn't know how to mentor a junior. You know, um, he doesn't feel comfortable. You know, but but encouraging him to take a step forward, um, to give it a go. I just realized that he actually enjoyed having this conversation with the junior, trying to guide him, you know, on certain technology that you know the junior wants to learn. Uh, at the same time, the senior also tried to learn some uh, ways on how to better mentor this junior. And, you know, he would eventually come to me with questions, you know, and ask me how, what is the best way to teach him certain things. And um, looking at the senior now, you know, he has the, the skills he needs to mentor another junior. Um, and in a way, I feel like a senior who can actually mentor a junior also gives them an opportunity to learn something new which keep them motivated at their job 
and make them happy coming to work, knowing that they are helping someone in their career. So I just feel like it's more about the managers here to motivate the senior to take a, a leap of faith, you know, just to give it a go. And as a manager, I will be there to guide them, help them, give them the, the skills they need to be a good mentor. Awesome. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. And Andrew? I, I, I want to pick up on a couple of threads from both of those things that you guys have just said. Um, Matthew, love that. I think that leap of faith is really important. And, um, you know, this is where it's really crucial to have trust with our team members because we've, we've sometimes got to be able to say to them, take a leap of faith with me. And, you know, if we haven't invested the time and the effort and the energy and building trust with our teams, then we can't ask them to do that. So I, I love that's really important. Um, Elliot, you mentioned, um, you know, encouraging engineers that maybe have a desire to move down a management pathway that the, uh, to say to them that these skills are important. I'd actually challenge that and say that they're, they're, they're important no matter whether we're going down an, an individual contributor pathway or a leadership pathway. Because, you know, if you, if you look at where people go after senior engineer, if they stay away from the leadership pathway they're going into lead into principal into staff they're going into these roles that extend their influence outside of themselves again anyway you know they're, they're they're going into a place where their individual efforts are not as important as the influence they they make on the wider organization and so even if you go down that pathway the skills are really really important um i think you know we've we've got this tendency in the technology industry to uh, promote the smartest engineers into leadership positions and, and, and watch as they fail. And I think it's a, a, a terrible, terrible thing that we do to, to our people. Um, you know, we, we really do not support them in the, in the way that, you know, we should. And I do not want to turn this into a sales pitch for debuggingleadership.com, but <laughs> this is genuinely why I started it. It's, it's because, you know, I, I, I went to all of these online training places like Pluralsight and a cloud guru. And I looked at what they had and it's all technical skills. You know, I reached out to them and said, do you want to add soft skills and leadership training to your catalog? And, and was just turned down again and again and again. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to build my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically what debuggingleadership.com is. It, it, it is, you know, the Pluralsight and the cloud guru for soft skills because this does not exist in our industry. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Look, I know that's uh, all four questions, but I think we've got a bit of time. So I think uh, there's one question I'm just going to chuck in. This is ad lib for everyone, so no, no one knows this, but I think it's a good way to to finish off. Um, and the question is, I was brought forward uh, by someone, but how do you know a junior is no longer a junior? We'll, we'll end with that one. Um, I'll... Uh, I'll start with you, Elliot, because it was an extra question that, that you did bring forward. So Yeah, and look, that, that is, it comes down to perception sometimes. And let's be honest, the junior tag sometimes gets attached to the name, particularly if they've been around the same team for a long time. And, you know, it goes back to the dynamics of maybe school, high school, all that sort of stuff. Like you're the junior and you're always going to be the junior, <laughs> uh, no matter how long you've been around. Um, I think... The realization of that for me is, and, and it comes back to that growth path that we were talking about, is when they themselves uh, gain the confidence and, and, and gain the acumen to then start teaching others. So the moment I see one of these juniors develop enough that they can start sharing that with somebody else, I think that's the point where I can go, you're no longer a junior, 
you have enough experience, you have enough knowledge, you have enough of something that out of that you can now share with somebody else. I think at that point in time is like, you've, you've graduated out of that junior, which uh, let's be honest, it probably happened way before that, but that's, that's what is evident, if you will, or what comes out. And I think at that point in time is where I can say, uh, going back to that success story, if we were able to bring a junior through that and all of a sudden that junior or who was a junior one day in our team, all of a sudden is a person that we're pointing every new member of a team to to learn, to onboard, to share knowledge, like that's no longer a junior. Awesome. Thanks, Helen. Andrew, I'll shoot back to you. Get your thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I, I like that I that that kind of marker in the sound earlier. That's that, that's good. Um I think, you know, there's a ton of dimensions to this. You know, we've talked before around their technical competency, you know, their their competency to own their own development, their competency to, you know, work within a team and and, and work with other people. And I think it's it's really gonna be a different a different answer for different organizations. You know, if you're if you're in a consultancy, then maybe it's it's fine for the junior to not be as technically competent as it might be in a product company if their people skills and their client communication skills are at a much higher level. Um, you know, maybe that's that's a decision you make in a consultancy that's more important for them to be able to interact with clients and to share the clients' concerns and to and to gather information from them than it is for them just to graft and, and create the code. But maybe if you're in a product company, you turn that lens the other way and you go, you know, as as long as this person can grab the code out, that's all that we care about. So I think it's it's an incredibly subjective question that, you know, not only depends upon the junior themselves, but the organization they're in and what that organization needs from them. Um, you know, we can throw lots of answers at this, but yeah, I think I, I think they're all going to come come back to you know the great engineering answer. It depends. Thanks, that Daniel. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it, Andrew just pretty much nailed that there. Um, so looking at from a like someone that came out of like grad and <clears throat> has a bit of coding skills, um, you would analyze their this you know when they become a junior in the sense of when they have that experience of the soft skills. Whereas if you have someone that's been in the industry or for a long time but just changed like from QA to developer, you're going to be you know judging them based on their actual code quality and you know. Um, not just the the skill, so yeah, it's quite a subjective question. But yeah, it, uh, I guess it's up to the 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 junior developer to come back to you and say, hey, I'm ready for the next thing. Um, and yeah, that's where I where, when I said before, like let them own their growth, right? And yeah, awesome. Thanks, Tayo and Matthew. It's finished off. Um, I think I'll finish off by saying that uh, it's not totally up to the junior to come back to us, you know, to decide what is the next step. I think as the manager, you know, is we have to be more proactive, trying to reach out and see where the junior is at, to know, you know, how much um, we have to provide to just support the junior to become, you know, no longer a junior to a mid level. Um, at the end of the day, it's more like up to us to take the initiative and say, you know, um, if you can actually list out a set of goals for them to achieve measurable goals, tell them that these are the things that I'm looking from you for you to become a mid level, for you to get out of a junior tag. So why not we just sit down with them, list out the goals, a six months to 12 months goal, let help them to achieve these goals. And once they've achieved these goals, you can congratulate them, help them to get out you know, to, uh, of the junior tag, give them a promotion, 
let the uh, the rest of the junior know that there is a career progression for them. I think it's a very good way to motivate the teams, to motivate the junior, to motivate everyone in the team. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everyone, for your answers. Look, I think we'll I think we'll leave it there. Uh, look, I appreciate everyone's answers. I think it was uh, fun. Uh, this would be a good podcast for not only managers, but like yeah, juniors getting into the industry to have, you know, get some some ideas on, on how they can approach things. Because I think there were some questions there that would definitely help a junior all the way to, you know, even senior leaders and how they can approach juniors as well. So, uh, look, appreciate your answers, uh, and thanks again for for jumping on the podcast, and look forward to seeing you all next time on the Evolution Exchange. Thanks, Dan.